0: Hey guys, it's Tuesday, August 17th of 2021. Welcome to a bonus episode of the Broke at 40 podcast. As you know, whenever you see the word bonus in front of an episode, it means Evan is creating an episode in real time today and dropping it within an hour or two because there might be something that I wanna talk about that's on my mind. And today is no exception where I'm thinking about opening up a checking account with Wells Fargo and I'm thinking to myself, what? How could I possibly be thinking this? So as I move on to this up through this episode, everybody, again, I just want to say a bonus episode is something that I'm thinking about right now. And I want to share with you because you may not know this, but I have four to six weeks of episodes that I create and I edit them. And then I publish them as you know, on the weekends. So thank you guys for all of your support in listening to my episodes and Today is a bonus episode because I'm on a staycation this week, so I'm off of work all week and I'm planning my future and I do all those things that I tell you about during staycations and I got up early like I do pretty much every day at about five o'clock in the morning. You guys know I like to get up early and think about my life and money and kind of switch gears and then go throughout the day. So you might be a morning person, you may not, but when do you do your best thinking is what you should probably be thinking to yourself right now. So if you're the type of person that you should get up early and you can think really great in the morning, then I would encourage you to do so. So today I got up, went to the grocery store. First, I did my exercises in my condo. Then I went to the grocery store at 7 a.m. right when they opened, got all my stuff, put it all away took the garbage out, went to my mailbox and I opened up an envelope and I have it right here in front of me. And it's a letter written to dear resident, not even to me. And I opened it up and it's from Wells Fargo. And it says all of the advantages of Wells Fargo checking plus a $400 thank you bonus offer. And I started thinking to myself and wanted to share with you What my thought process was, and you guys know me, you know, Evan, I like to look at numbers and I start to obsess over them. You may recall from my one year anniversary episode where I told you that relative to Wells Fargo back in 2005, I took five to six hours and I wrote out if I paid principal towards this mortgage, how many months or years would it take me to pay it off? I know I'm strange with numbers, but it's that obsession really that has gotten me to a million dollar net worth in 12 you know 10 years since since 2012 which I'm going to anchor into here and talk about in a minute so having obsessive thoughts perhaps about money and getting your calculators out and thinking about it can serve you well and yet you do have to stop and say how can I live in an abundant life how can I segue into thinking differently and not always mean so obsessive but today I fell off the wagon a little bit, right? The stagecoach, which is Wells Fargo. So I opened up this letter and I got so much into it that I wanted to share with you my thought process. So it says, if you put by September 1st of 2021, if I put $25,000 into a new checking account with Wells Fargo, Okay, if I do that, which, by the way, I'm in the middle of my fiscal year, as you guys know, you've probably heard my back episodes. So I'm right in the middle of my fiscal year in August, just like I told you last year at this time, I did a mid-year review. So I do have money in my checking account now with my credit union that I could pop into Wells Fargo here and take advantage of this offer. So stay tuned as I talk more about this. Um, now, would I could I really do that because my fiscal year is not quite over yet? No, I don't have the full 25,000, but I will towards the end of the fiscal year. But in my mind, I'm thinking, Evan, take the money out of your Ally Savings Account and pop it into this Wells Fargo to take advantage of this $400. And I'm like obsessing over the fact that maybe I should do this, right? And hopefully this will relate to you guys as well. You might be kind of like a, a life hacker or credit card hacker. And, you know, you get offers like this sometimes all the time. So anyway, let me continue on. And it says, if I put this twenty-five dollars in this new checking account with Wells Fargo, after three months, so September, October, November, December 1st, if I still have that $25,000 in the checking account, they're going to give me the $400 bonus in the checking account by January 1st. So I'm thinking, wow, that sounds really great. Now, it goes on to say and as you can imagine, you would have to then report that to the IRS at the end of 2021. So when I do my taxes, I would get a probably a 1099 form, I believe it is, just like I get with Ally Bank today for interest income. So let's say they provide that to me, I do my taxes. So really, because I'm in the 22% tax bracket, um, we would have to subtract about $88 out of that. So the net really to me is about $312, but not bad really for just doing a few months of work, if you will. Right. So it's a lot of time and energy to think this way. (laughs) Um, and I'm not saying it's good or bad, but stay tuned and I'll share more with you. So then I say to myself, okay, got the $312. I can close the checking account with Wells Fargo. And then I say to myself, well, why not pop then that $25,312, because that's what it would be at that point, into my $36,000 that I have with Ally today, right, for a total of $61,312. And then I start thinking about 2022, like how much money could I earn on that? Then bringing that $312 over into the bucket, which means I'd be earning interest on top of that interest, if that makes sense. Um, But anyway, this is how my mind works. It's crazy. So then I look at the numbers and I say, uh, wait a minute, then you have to pay taxes on that. So for 2022, it might be just about $240, okay? Then my crazy brain starts thinking more. And I'm like, what if I just don't do that at all and put the 25 grand in my alley account? You know, I'm only making 0.5% on the money there. And so then I went through all the numbers and the scenarios of if I didn't do that and put it over here instead, how much would I have? And then subtracting out this and that, what is the net result of all of this? And I'm driving myself absolutely bonkers and crazy. I think I realized that by doing this, I could make about 250 bucks net gain as a result of all of this. But but here's the point, guys. Before you like exit this episode and think that Evan is absolutely crazy, which I sometimes think I am, I want to like, pause here for just a moment and just share with you some thoughts about what's really going on here. So, Even if you're starting in your financial independent journey and you guys happen to be broke at 40 right now and you have a negative net worth or whatever, wherever you are, or if you're at halfway to where you want to be and you have maybe $500,000 or maybe you've got a million like I do, does it really make sense to obsess over these types of little hacks and offers that come your way? Or should you really be thinking holistically bigger picture about what you're really trying to create for yourself, which is a, an abundant life, which is something that I really need to start thinking more about? I know that I've been sharing with you guys that through the years, this frugality, this obsessive thought process with money has made me successful in terms of the math, the dollar amounts getting to $1.2 million, you know, right now. And you really have to stop though. And I'm stopping and I'm sharing with you that I know I have a lot of work to do. As I segue into if I really want to quit working, which as you guys know, I'm exploring that in 2021 right now. And I'm kind of sharing with you um, through my Dear Dollar Diary episode, which by the way, I'm going to drop another one, I think tomorrow or the next day. So you're with me. You're 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 listening to somebody that's going through the thought process of discovering self through wealth if you will because through the years getting to this net worth it is really great and yet um even as I shared with you at my 6 month episode I'm still struggling there are things I need to still work on within myself to believe in myself at this point even though I got To where I am. I'm not willing yet to loosen the reins that I have on myself and spend a little money. Do my friends and family think I'm cheap? I don't know, probably. I think I've had (laughs) some of them, you know, do believe that I am. Um, I've never spent, as you guys know, more than $600 on one vacation, a, a single vacation. Other people would be like, dude, you've got a million bucks. Why aren't you, you know, having a little fun? And Yeah, I still I have a lot of work to do and I know that. I know that. And I'm going to share that with you as we go forward. And, you know, you in your mind, wherever you are in your financial independent journey, should be thinking, how can you learn a little bit of things through Evan that he's sharing with you? And, you know, with a grain of salt, take what you want and apply it, hopefully, to your own lives. And but you know, never lose sight of yourself is what I would also like to say. Now let me segue into why I'm thinking this way that this would be really the stupidest thing ethically for me to do is to open up a checking account with Wells Fargo, right? Let me tell you why. So when I first got my mortgage with um, in 2003, as you know, it was like five and a half percent interest through a, a mortgage broker and it just so happened that they chose Wells Fargo. So for those many, many years I had a loan with Wells Fargo, a 30-year mortgage at 5.5%. And I'm paying that as I go, right? And I'm learning all about personal finance in 2004, 2005, getting all fired up, you know, thought about paying it off, you know, ran the numbers on paper, which I love to do. And then, as you know, I became a guest on the Susie Orman Show, the How Am I Doing segment in July of 2012. And it was through that episode that her advice to me, which was actually very good because I didn't have much money in checking or in a a money market account or an emergency fund. She said, stop what you're doing. I was paying $600 at that point for probably two years, maybe I'd have to go back and look at all my notes, but I was putting that principle at some point in 2010 or 11, I decided that I would be paying down that mortgage and then I would have it paid off right when I turned 50 years old. That would be like this huge celebration. Evan paid off his mortgage, right? That's, that, that, was, that was my thought process. And yet her advice was stop doing that and build your emergency fund up. Now, as you guys know, by listening to my podcast, that's what I ultimately did. I did take that advice, much to my chagrin. <laughs> um, but I did that and I built the money up, as you know and then um so back to that um i went to wells fargo and i said hey because of the harp program you guys may remember that maybe not for some of you that are younger but through obama during 2008 i don't know when this act came about but it was called the harp act housing authority refinance program i think it stood for don't quote me on that you may want to google it But I heard about it, I think through her show, Susie Orman's show, the HART program, which meant that if a homeowner did not have enough equity within their home, they could still refinance. And so it was a program to encourage people not to default on their loans after the Great Recession, as you know, when all of the mortgage debt was well well you know what happened right um, and so it was to encourage people like me that could qualify and you'd have to go look at what the qualifications were I knew I qualified for it and so it meant I could again refinance my loan to another you know a, a lower interest rate to help Save money now. I did not really need per se to do that in my monthly budget because I still had a great job. It's not like I got let go of my job, you know. I've had a great career with my company, but I leveraged that and I reached out to Wells Fargo. And because remember on the Susie Arman show when it was the How am I doing segment on the screen in front was, you know, Evan had a you know fifty three thousand dollars that he owed on his mortgage. Yeah, I think it was fifty three thousand. But my believe it or not, in two thousand twelve and this is several years after the recession, my condo still, the value is like 53,000. So that was a net zero. I owed exactly what the home was worth in 2012, because the market went down so much and it didn't start to climb until after 2012. So in order to refinance, you usually have to prove to the lender that you have at least you know 20% equity. And so that if you default, they can sell it and make money, all that kind of good stuff, right? So this heart program said, Evan, you know, speaking to me directly into probably thousands and thousands of people in America that you could refinance and you could get into a lower interest rate loan. Now, instead of doing a 30-year mortgage, I decided to get a 15. That was very smart. So for anybody, if you're thinking of refinancing, it's always great to not extend it out multiple years into the future, but to shorten the term. So that was a very smart move, I think, on my part where I leveraged this. Yes, I had to pay closing costs. um, So there were still closing costs, but I got my calculator out and I figured out if the closing costs were three grand or whatever it was, because I go to this lower rate and my payment went down, then um, how many months would it take to recoup that, right? So yeah. So I did my math on that and had it long enough to get that money back. And then as you know, I paid off the loan though of um, 30,000 at that point in 2019. So I, I have that history, if you will, with Wells Fargo. And so through those years of owning the, my home and having the loan with Wells Fargo, and yes, they did, you know, although when I went through that refinance, it really took forever. It's it was They were so backlogged with refinance going on. It took me months to get closed. I got very frustrated with Wells Fargo, um, and yet I stuck it out. And I kept that mortgage. And then when I had the money, I paid it off, as you know, to give me the big win and be like, okay, great. But what I'm sharing with you here is I, because this morning I get this letter, I almost had a momentary lapse of judgment in thinking that should I go back to Wells Fargo and open up a checking account? How crazy thinking is that really when you think about it? Because What you may not know, but just by doing a simple Google search, Wells Fargo in particular has had a lot of controversy over cross-selling and selling, you know, opening up checking accounts without the consent of their customers. And so I don't want to go into the details of that, but just do a simple Google search and you'll see that even here in 2021, they're still paying the price. So as I think about closing this episode, there's a couple more things I want to talk about. Again, many of you may be really into the financial independent community, the FIRE community, where you're learning about life hacks, you're know, you learning about geo-arbitrage and all of those things, the credit cards where you can get reward points for travel. If that's you, then by all means, go ahead and do that. I'm not here to say that you shouldn't do that. I'm just saying for me, that's not something that I ever had on my radar. I I did some research on it once and I thought, oh, interesting, you know, but you have to understand I've been traveling with my job for 17 years and I would get points and I use those for little, little hotel stays and for trips and things. And could I have been better with that in my thinking and had all these points and then use them later? Probably, but I didn't focus on that. For some reason, I just listened to me, and you guys should listen to you. I'll do me, and you do you. And if it's something that excites you, that, you know, you want to get the points or you get these offers in the mail and you want to open up a checking account with somebody for these bonuses and you really think it through, and then you make sure you go and you close it and you do everything you need to do without forgetting about it, then by all means, then do you and do things that make you happy, especially as you go towards financial independence. And there's also another thought process I wanted to share with you here as well that you guys know I'm a big fan of Vanguard. But you can still go to other companies like Fidelity and uh, um, a whole slew of companies. So always listen again to yourself. I just happen to like the methodology of Vanguard. That's just me. I've just listened to um, and made my decision based on facts. But, you know, in this space, you'll hear that sometimes people talk about, well, at Fidelity, they have um, mutual funds that have an expense ratio of zero, Isn't that better than some of the expense ratios of 0.005 or whatever it is? Yeah, of course it is. Paying zero is great. But what's happened is these companies like Fidelity, for example, have had to keep up with the marketplace or they would have gone and lost a lot of money if they didn't listen to and keep up with the times because a lot of people are going to Vanguard. So would you want to go to Vanguard just to get 0%? Oh, wait a minute, Evan. You meant to say fidelity there. Okay, go on. Is that worth it in the long term scheme of things? Like, could they then change that because most of their philosophy is not of that mindset? So you just really have to weigh the pros and cons for yourself and make those decisions. And I always say to people all the time keep it simple, saver, right? Just keep it simple for you and don't always be um, enticed by these shiny objects that come your way. So as I close out this episode, you know, I just want to share with you that, you know, Wells Fargo, for example, it is an attractive and alluring type company, if you will, because when you look at their marketing and you look at their logos, you see the stagecoach, right? You see the great frontier and you see these images of the horses and the the stagecoach, and you want to be a part of that perhaps, right? And so even with their marketing, they say things like, have balance, have protection, have respect, and have connection. And they use that heritage over time to entice people to be a customer of the bank. But I have to ask you, and I have to ask myself, and something that that I think about then is, relative to those four words then why can't i create my own balance do i really need a bank or financial institution in order for me to have balance am i really going to leverage my time am i really going to pay interest on certain products just so i can live a certain way today and not really think about my future so much can i not create for myself over time balance can i not create protection for myself right there's multiple things you can do that you learn in the financial independent community to protect yourself. And you can have respect for yourself as well. And why not have connection, not with a bank, but with yourself, with your family, with the money that you're creating, with the financial independent community, whatever you want it to be, right? Foster that connection with you, with your finances, and your journey towards financial independence. So. Thank you guys for joining me today. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you joining me on this Don't Evan Think About It episode. I'll see you on the next episode of the Broke at 40 podcast. One more thing, everybody. I took that offer. I ripped it up and I threw it into the garbage.